Welcome to Stories of Life and Love, the show where we get a snapshot into the personal experiences and wisdom of each of my incredible art clients. And I'm your host, Evelisa. I have the privilege of working with individuals and couples to listen to their hopes, dreams, visions, feelings, and philosophy. I take all of that information and I reflect it in a portrait or a dreamscape. And I've learned there's so much we can learn from listening to the insight of others. I believe your life is a complex and beautiful journey and is meant to be celebrated. And I'm excited to share with everyone each of your stories behind my paintings of life and love. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining this episode of Stories of Life and Love and Leadership. And um, I'm really, really looking forward to introducing everyone to my special guest here today, uh, Stephen Pakin. Hi, Stephen. Evelisa, nice to hear from you again. Oh, it's great to hear from you. Thank you so much for making time to introduce yourself. Maybe you can introduce yourself to everyone on our, on our listeners. Be happy to. Uh, the name is Steve Pakin, and I host a program on TVO called The Agenda. It's on five nights a week. Normally, I do it from TVO's headquarters at Young and Eglinton, but of course, with COVID-19, uh, we adapt. And so mm-hmm. I'm hosting the show from my attic and have been doing that for six weeks. And uh, strangely <laughs> enough, it's, it's uh, you know, thanks to some newfangled technology, it's working okay. Oh, good. Oh, good. I'm glad. And outside of the uh, outside of the show, Stephen, is there anything else you'd like to, uh, you know, because you're you're quite a, a writer, accomplished writer and journalist. Is there anything else that you've been quite involved with during this time during COVID? Well, I thought I'd keep it uh, pretty simple. You know, I, I basically I host the show from the attic. I, you know, I write one or two <laughs> columns a week for the website. Yeah. Um, I, I, of course, it, it's a daily occurrence now that I take in the prime ministers and the premier of Ontario's daily briefings and live mm-hmm. tweet those. And, um, and John Michael McGrath and I shoot a podcast every day called the on Polly podcast. Okay. On Polly is the hashtag for Ontario politics. So we do that every day too. So the day, the days are, the days are full. Let me tell you. The days yeah. Are they're full. filling up. Yeah. That's great. Well, let's get into the, the questions. I'm sure everyone's really eager to know a little bit more about you. So, Maybe we can start with seeing what is, you know, in light of everything and um, what's a big focus for you this year, personally or professionally, something that you're you're really wanting to focus on? Well, as strange as it sounds, I have never really ever had huge professional focuses. I'm very (laughs) curious about how the world works. And thankfully, I've been able to find, you know, a bunch of jobs over the years that have given me an outlet for my curiosity. And that's mm-hmm. how I've ended up in journalism. And that's ultimately how I've ended up at TVO for the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But I can't say that I, I you know, the, the thing that, that I really focus on the most and care about the most is making sure that everybody I love is okay. And mm. at the moment, that's, you know, that's working fine. Um, mm. As it happens, about a week ago, uh, we had to take my daughter to Sick Kids Hospital because she was starting to demonstrate some symptoms that sure look a lot like COVID-19. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Thankfully, it was not COVID-19. It was only mono. So she's got got mono and she's going to be dealing with that for the next uh, month or two or whatever. But Mm -hmm. but that's, you know, 
that's always the big priority is just making sure everybody's okay. I, my two parents are in their mid eighties and mm-hmm. you know, they're in Florida for uh, some of the year. And it was of course a big concern getting them back here, getting them back safe, getting them back, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that's all taken care of as well. So th- those are the things that I really am concerned about the most. Well, it's, it's really great to hear that someone with such a, a very involved and visible career that you have made, you know, your most found caring and loving relationships an important, you know, priority through all of that. I think that's a really beautiful thing to hear. Well, I think it would be kind of ridiculous to, to, you know, work your buns off to have a a nice career uh, only Mm. to have everything else in your life falling apart around you. So (laughs) I'm not sure what the point of that is. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) It's a good reminder, though, for some of us who are very caught in the hustle and bustle. So that's wonderful. Mm. Um, Maybe with that in mind, if you look to last year, you know, as much as you seem to be very, um, you know, you seem to be very adaptable, you flow with things and you have that curiosity. What's maybe a challenge that came up for you last year, personally or professionally, and how did you overcome it? You know, the biggest challenge per, uh, professionally is basically, you know, keeping the agenda of the show that I do on the air. Mm. Um, you know, the fact of the matter is I work for public television. Uh, it's a legacy media outlet, meaning it's not one of these sort of newfangled digital services. It's been around for 50 years. It's TVO's yes. 50th anniversary this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> and and staying on the air is... Um, you know, it's hard. There are newspapers that are dying all over North America, all over the world, frankly. Uh, there are television stations that used to be extremely profitable, make a lot of money, and mm. now they don't. And they're, you know, shedding jobs left, right, and center. So I would say the biggest challenge professionally is just staying employed in a job that I love mm-hmm. and, you know, continuing to try to crank out good work that I'm pleased with. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, from a professional point of view, that's what takes a lot of my attention. So that's like an everyday challenge type of thing. And what, what's your process of doing that? Do you kind of reflect and looking back or going forward, or you just sort of take it day by day? Yeah, I would say more the latter. Um, there's okay. not a lot of time for reflection on, in fact, I'm, boy, I don't even know if I should admit this, Evelisa. I barely ever watch the show that I do. <laughs> and when I say barely ever, like maybe once or twice a year, and I the, love the honesty. <laughs> well, the, the fact is, you know, once I've done it, you know, I've kind of experienced it. And yeah. I don't really feel a need to watch it, you know, watch it again. Cause I always think, you know, I've done it already. So what am I watching yes. it again for? You know, totally. I, I might tune in for a couple of minutes every now and then just to check camera angles and check lighting and, you know, audio quality, particularly now that I'm doing the show from my attic. I, you know, I, I do want to make sure it's technically as good as it can be, mm-hmm. but otherwise, you know, I'm always moving on, moving forward. Okay. Done that next show done that next show always looking at you know thinking about the next column i've got to write the next show i've got to record so i don't spend a lot of time uh analyzing what just transpired i think that's actually that that's actually really good because it, it you can get really bogged down in in maybe the worry or the perfectionism or anything i mean you always produce a salt you know very solid and clean content but it's you know uh, yeah, I think that there's something really positive to just keep moving forward. And I know that your personality and your method of interviewing has always been, um, you know, it's been something that's made the show so strong. And like, that's something that's one of the first things I told you when I met you is, 
because um, we both happened to go to Boston, live mm-hmm. in Boston. And I remember I would tell everyone in Boston, like, you need to hear our Canadian journalist. He's amazing. <laughs> um, but well, yeah, it's... you do have a really natural method and the confidence as well. So that's a great thing. Well, the, the fact of the matter is when you're doing a program every day, you really cannot afford to obsess yeah. on everything that went wrong. Uh, otherwise, you just, you know, you'll drive yourself crazy. The fact of the matter is there there hasn't been a show that I've done where something didn't go wrong. Either I Mm. asked the wrong question at the wrong time or I didn't phrase the question as well as I could have. Right. It was a technical problem. You know, that's just the reality. And if you're Mm -hmm. doing a new show every day, you know, you don't have time to bog yourself down, you know, over overthinking and over worrying what you just did. Mm -hmm. Um, So now, mind you, I've had the misfortune of writing eight books. And on those occasions, you know, when I write books, that is where you can't obsess over every little detail because you're talking about something that takes you a year or two or more to do. So you really can, you know, take the time to dot every I and cross every T. With a television show, you know, I've done it. It's in the can. Um, I'm moving on. I'm, I'm, you know, studying my notes for tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Do you kind of say that to people that you, that are new into journalism or, or anything is this kind of the advice that you give them just sort of jump all in and keep going forward? Well, the advice I mostly give, I, I have been uh, you know, lucky enough to be invited to some uh, colleges and universities to give chats from mm-hmm. time to time. And the one thing I do say is that if people go into journalism, they, they should go in for the right reason. They should go mm. in because they're absolutely, they have this burning desire to understand how the world works. And journalism is mm. a great outlet for pursuing things that you're very curious about. And I just happen to have the kind of personality where I like to find stuff out. I like to try and explain it to people. And so I'm in the perfect job for doing that. I think if you just want to be famous, um, journalism is a pretty stupid thing for you to go into. (laughs) Uh, You know, you can be famous doing other stuff. Journalism really should be for those who who want to understand better how the world works and help try to explain that to other people. In In the curiosity. I love that part, the curiosity and sharing that. Um, so just getting into the circling back to our third question, um, maybe if you can speak a little bit to, um, your experience with my artwork and there, there was a show you could probably give more of the backstory, but there was a show that I had invited you to a reconciliation show and, and how that, that experience made you feel. I do remember that show very well. And, and, you know, you gave me the heads up on that third question. Uh, when we first talked about doing this, I guess a few days ago, and I've mm-hmm. been thinking more about that show. And I must say, you have to remember, you're talking to somebody who's 59 years old right now, uh, mm-hmm. al- almost 60. And as a result, I know when I met you for the first time, like, I, I don't know how old you are, but you're probably you're probably around the same age as my kids. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and, and I don't really, <laughs> how do I say this? You know, my expectations for my children's accomplishments are very modest. And therefore, when they do things that uh, I find so fabulous, I'm totally blown away. I just think to myself, you know, these are little kids that that I remember changing their diapers. And, and holy cow, like one of them's just got his Ph.D. and one of them goes to school in New York and one of them's working on Parliament Hill. And one of, one of them's trying to get through high school. And I just think uh, every time they do something great, I think, wow, I, I just I never imagined that um, that you could be that accomplished. And that was the feeling I had when I went to your show, Evelisa, because I, you know, you and I had, had a, I guess, a few conversations before that show, uh, but I, I hadn't really seen any of your artwork before that. And I had no, I really had no expectation 
uh, for what I would see when I went into, I can't remember where it was. Was it, in, it was in a gallery in the West End of Toronto? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, that. it was in Twist Gallery at uh, Queen Street. Yeah, okay. And I remember going in there and you were not the only artist featured. There were a number of other artists as well, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember, I didn't really know, you know, which was your art, which was somebody else's art. And I remember looking at a piece and it was so intricate and involved and detailed and the amount of attention to detail on the piece was incredible and I remember looking at it and thinking wow that's just fabulous and you sort of leaned over to me and said yeah I did that one and I (laughs) and I never it never occurred to me at that moment that it would have been I don't know I guess I didn't look for the name on the uh, I didn't look for your signature I just was was uh, moved and impressed by the work itself and I remember just thinking the same thing I thought, like when one of my kids hands me one of his essays and, and, it's, and he gets a great mark or something. I remember thinking, wow, that is fantastic. You are really, really talented. So that's mm-hmm. my enduring memory of having been to uh, that art show of yours. I guess it was probably two years ago now. It was a few years ago, yeah. yeah. I really appreciate that. It's south of the border. So it's actually... Um, I don't know, it's just been growing really naturally and, and art being a wave to build those bridges and find understanding through everyone just being their authentic selves and voices through art. That's wonderful. And I and I think, you know, obviously at the moment, well, I was going to say culture is taking a backseat to this pandemic, but everything is taking a backseat to this pandemic. Yeah. And uh, it's funny, we had an editorial meeting today and I, and I pitched, one of the ideas I pitched uh, that we do something on is, uh, you know, I've been thinking about all of the museums and art galleries around the province uh, mm-hmm. that are just empty right now. And there's all this mm-hmm. wonderful work in there and we don't really have the opportunity to be moved by it in a way that we formerly were. And some galleries are coming up with, uh, you know, new and inventive ways of, of getting their work out to people with virtual shows and education programs and so on. Uh, but, um, you know, one of the reasons that we need this pandemic to be over with is so that we can reconnect with art and culture and all of that that moves us so much. Mm-hmm. And um, and you and we will need people like you to contribute to that effort once we're able to do that again. Yeah, and and that's that is really important and something that I always try to refer back to is that um, art, like many things is a reflection of the times it it it's kind of communicates it's a communicator of the era in which we live in mm-hmm. and that's why you know understanding history you know looking at culture and what we produce as human beings is such a critical part to understanding history and society so same as this whatever outcomes are from this virus and you know being forced to pause being forced to kind of like maybe be a little bit considerate of others mm-hmm. more than normal because uh, of, and all, everything that gets produced from this, I think will, it'll all be reflected in the art. And I think that'll be really special to look at as we try to understand how to move forward. Yeah. I have no doubt that this pandemic will definitely inspire a whole lot of work that we can't even imagine right now. And, you know, yeah. it, in terms of digital, you know, we're certainly seeing online uh, some people have gotten very creative in in you know putting together choirs or musical performances or whatever uh Mm -hmm. and that 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 stuff is all well well technically it certainly doesn't rise to the level of our previous expectations Mm -hmm. i think in terms of innovation it's it's quite neat to look at and i you know the good thing about what you do is that um, it doesn't require the kind of uh, technology 
to happen. You know, it's it's whatever medium it is and it's a canvas and it's your imagination and there you go. And, you know, I have no doubt but that some wonderful, provocative, interesting art will come out of this pandemic, which at the moment is, I know, making people, um, you know, that's the word Premier Ford used, squirrely. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, I really appreciate that, Stephen. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what we all create. We're all being forced to be innovative. Um, And thank you so much for sharing a little bit about yourself and having our listeners get to know a little bit more about you and your perspective. Not at all. It's great to talk to you again. And I look forward to seeing your art. And I hope people will look forward to watching the agenda every (laughs) night on TVO from at eight o'clock or again at 11. And of course, our podcast drop in the evening as well. And people can look up the On Poly podcast and find out what's going on that day in terms of this damn pandemic. Any favorite episodes someone should refer to? Like maybe someone who has never gone to the podcast or anything. What's a good first, first jump or first dive in? You know, whenever anybody asks me, what's your favorite show? I always say the next one I'm about to do. So <laughs> I, I don't I don't have any particular. Or not favorite, uh, but maybe like a recent one that you think, you know what? This might be, this was a really good conversation. Well, I, I'll tell you, the, uh, funnily enough, the program we're doing tonight, uh, as you and I sit here taping this at almost six o'clock on a, on a Wednesday, uh, the show tonight has got Samantha Power, a one-on-one interview with her, and she's the American ambassador to the United Nations under Barack Obama. And we talked for a good 25 minutes and it was absolutely fascinating about her, her sense about which way the world is going to go now. Are we all going to retreat into our own boundaries and countries because we're, you know, we're, we're terrified of the pandemic or are we going to try to work together um, in a global, in a true global sense to try to bring this thing to an end. So we have a long Mm -hmm. conversation about that. And and I really found that quite fascinating. (gasps) Amazing. Okay, I'm going to definitely listen to that while I while I paint this evening. Great. Great. Thank you so much, Stephen. It's a pleasure. You be well. Yes, you too. Be safe. Okay, you too. Okay, bye. So long.